Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. If you're watching this video on YouTube, I would like to recommend that you look in the description box of the video. This is just right underneath. You're going to see the name of the channel, the Master's Voice Prophecy Blog. If you click that, it opens up what is known as the description box. And then at the bottom of the description box, that's where you find links for alternate channels on Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. The reason I'm bringing that up is because occasionally, and it looks like it might become a regular thing, the Lord gives me prophecy that I am not able to touch on in depth here. So if there's some topics that are going to become a flashpoint here on YouTube, then I'm going to have to take them to alternate channels. And sometimes it's just not convenient to make these little introduction links. So I, I invite you, this is at your own discretion. I invite you to head on over to rumble bitch, Brighton to where I have alternate channels and all the same content is put there, but sometimes I'm just able to make the video more freely. And once you subscribe there, once you follow the master's voice on those platforms, it'll be quite easy for you to stay updated and to stay informed when a new video comes up. I'm not actually sure how it works. If you get an e email or a notification, but at least when a new video goes on up there, you'll be, you'll, you'll know about it. The second thing is YouTube subscriptions. If you are subscribed to the channel, and you find that you're not getting notifications, you might have to check and see that your notifications are on to begin with. And then if they're on, we have to factor in the fact that because of the information that's being handled on this channel, sometimes YouTube is just not notifying people. YouTube is unsubscribing people. I'm not doing any, any of that. So uh, please just put in a little effort, a little extra time to make sure that you're still subscribed so that if you want to know when new videos go up, you will be. And so I continue in this um, vein. The Lord is still talking about homosexuality and there are quite a few videos in this vein. And I think this is going to end up being a series because I have prophecies on this from all the way back in 2020. I think this was the first one that the Lord dedicated exclusively to um, same-sex practice, um, homosexuality, and yet there are quite a few of those prophecies. And I always did wonder when the Lord would bring me into it. But then ever since he just landed on the block with these hard hitting prophecies that are called the sodomy ritual, part one, part two, part three, there is still a part four coming up. Um, just showing me very graphic things. The Lord was showing me. So, um, once he started that, um, the Lord also began to just pour out this information, even about transgenderism, which is quite the trend here in the United States and which the Lord revealed is quite the trend in Africa and in other parts of the world springing up like mushrooms everywhere for different reasons. And so I am just going to continue now pulling back all these long ago prophecies that were written, but never brought forward on the master's voice. The videos that I am making are going in accordance to what God is putting his finger on. So I did the Russia and the China series. You will find that all in a playlist. So if you are a video person, 
You look on YouTube because Rumble and the rest of them, they don't give me an option to make playlists. But on YouTube, there's that handy option. So all the information about Russia and China is collated according to how the Lord put his finger on it. All those videos are there. And then I think the next series I did was the America series. The primary prophecy in that one that started everything is called America, Oh America. And in that prophecy, God was giving answers to people who complain and say, but why does it seem like all the bad prophecies are happening to America? Why does it seem like God has so much to say about America? We're not the only one just doing these things. And whenever people say this, the answer is actually very simple. And if you take time to think about it, if you just read the book of Jeremiah, I think it's Jeremiah chapter one and chapter two, you will understand everything about why God judges America harshest more than anyone else. And that is because to whom much is given, much is expected. If you have few resources, few talents, few gifts, a little money, not that much military power, it's not to say that you can't be anything in the world of nations, but you won't be anything as much as a country that God has favored. And in fact, I will just read a little piece because I was in, I was in those chapters this morning. And as I was reading, I just kept saying, Lord, this is just, this is just the U S this is just the U S hear the word of the Lord. This is Jeremiah chapter two and verse four, hear the word of the Lord. O house of Jacob and all the families in the houses of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what is the injustice that your fathers found in me? That they, that they have gone far from me. They have followed idols and have become idolaters. Neither did they say, where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt? Who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed, where no one dwelt? I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness. But when you entered, you defiled my land and you made my heritage an abomination. And you know, I'm, I'm reading passages like this that are coming out of such old writings. But all I'm thinking is, God, do you remember how it was in the early days of the frontier? when people came here and they had these wagons and they had to fight mosquitoes and, you know, swamps and, you know, broken wagon wheels and, and heat and, and, uh, the native Americans were not happy to see them at all. So it, each, each group of people is fighting to avoid extinction. And I'm just thinking the Lord blessed America so much. It is undeniable. This, this land has poured forth so much that has been abundance and blessing and positive influence and teaching to the other nations of the world. And as a result of that, the Lord allowed the American flag to fly so high, to fly so high in, in the world. It, this was a place that inspired people from all over the world to move here and to start a new life here. And now if the average person is moving here, um, they're just trying to figure out if their child is going to be able to grow up from age five to age 15 without becoming trans because the various mindsets, the ideologies of America have become so Satanist in nature that you would have to be willfully blind to, to think that it's anything else. Evil is celebrated here. Evil has been, has been crowned the homecoming queen. 
So this country is no longer about, no longer about the morality or even the positive values that it purported to put forward. It has become a place of open degeneracy. And to those who might be saying, but we're trying to keep the righteous standard flying. The truth of the matter is that sometimes it's just, it's just basis points. And as Christians, we need to, we need to be more honest with ourselves about the reality of things. If, if there's 10 cupcakes, right? And two of the cupcakes are, are good and eight of the cupcakes are evil, then when people say, this is an evil box of cupcakes, the two cupcakes, nobody's going to really listen to you when you're like, but we're here and we're not evil. Because I gave the example a long time ago of the fact that if, if you live with someone who is a pig farmer, a person who works with pigs, who, who makes his living working with these dirty animals, and then also uh, makes a, a, quite a quite a bit of money selling pig manure. Then obviously, this person is going to bring what he traffics in into the house. And so I'm not I'm not going to really repeat myself because I've got a ton of old videos. I've passed 200 videos. Um, I was even surprised the channel is now two years old in this month, and I think the blog is three years old. So. Uh, I have a ton of videos that explain these things. And so to anyone who wants to make the investment of time, you can simply go back and see all these things that I was talking about, that if you live in a country that is degenerate, you can really not expect to arrest God and say, but God, we're here. We are, we are so minimal um, because even in the church of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ is full of fake Christians. The church of of Jesus Christ is full of so many false Christians that if they were not that many false Christians, I would not be here. There would be absolutely no need for God to raise up someone and say, you will be my voice, not only to tell them of their sins, you will tell them of their sins. This is also, I think in Jeremiah where he was saying, Jeremiah, you are going to speak to them all their iniquity. So you're going to list for them as my voice, all the wickedness that they do. I'm sending you out to tell them to their face what the wickedness is that they do. But then you cannot say, oh, but God, we're here. What happens in, in a land that is judged? For America is always, already judged. God says that he will never reverse the judgments that have been pronounced here. So to those who are thinking, we'll just wait out the prophecies, basically all you're actually saying is, we're just going to wait to see all this stuff happen to us because God says that he will never reverse the judgment of America. And he cannot because the judgment of the United States of America is the judgment of mystery Babylon, the nation in revelation chapter 18 that receives all her judgments in one hour and is burned and basically obliterated and destroyed. And all, all the men and the women who used to trade with her, all the other nations, the Bible says that they stand afar off and they lament. And there's good reason that they will stand afar off because when Russia and China get here and begin to unleash what God called, what he said, the things that will be done here ought not to be done to any nation. So then we ask ourselves, if it ought not to be done to any nation, then God, why would you let it be done here? on American soil? And the answer is simple. The things that are done here ought not to be done by any nation. Putting little boys in rainbow colored dresses and telling them that this is a means of expression. There was a time when 
Parents were not afraid to tell their children that little boys play with trucks and trains and little girls play with princess dolls and daisy whatever and hula hoops. And children seemed just fine with that. Children, children didn't seem oppressed, you know? Children didn't seem to, to say, my, my gender expression was being constrained by playing with this horse. No, because role establishment is just basic in society. You know, the rooster knows when to sleep with the hen, and then he walks off, and the hen handles the whole matter of fertilization and egg rearing and looks after the chicks. And the rooster's done his job because he supplies what roosters supply. And the hen will do her job of incubating life and birthing it. But now women are being told that they are birthers, which makes us literally sound like chickens in a chicken pen. Uh, people who birth, people who menstruate, people who... When madness flourishes, God is always going to show up and put a stop to it. So I think, I think that's enough said about that. If anyone is wondering why God is going to judge America, why wouldn't God judge America? Spin the question around on its head and then let's do some critical thinking together. Why wouldn't God judge America? What is a single thing that America has done in the last five to 10 years that could cause the heart of our creator to burst into song and say, but surely I will stay the judgment on this, of this nation because I see this nation is actively trying hard to turn around. Isn't that what happened in Nineveh? When the prophet came and he told them, you guys are on a death list because of the things that you do here. And God is going to judge this place, burn it and capsize it and do everything and string all of you up by your thumbs from the palm trees. These people didn't say, well, this doesn't sound like a loving God. And if God really loved people, and you know, Jonah, we don't actually believe in capital punishment. And we don't know. Nobody did that because in the old days, God had firmly established his reputation. And that is one of the reasons that I love reading the Bible. God firmly established his reputation. And even the heathens and the unbelievers who were bowing down to Dagon and Molech and Baal and Ashtoreth, they all knew the God of the Hebrews. They all knew him. And so even when a prophet was running away from his destiny and God took him and firmly put him back and said, go and tell those people what I said. When the people heard that the God of Israel said that he was coming to do to them something like what he did to Egypt, the Bible says that these people stripped off their finery and they put on sackcloth and they went into grievance and mourning. That's how you turn the judgment of God around. See, people always like to say, God knows our heart. That is fallacy, and that is a lie. The only reason that God will ever send judgment is surprise, because he does know the heart. So if you're trusting in the statement, God knows my heart, you're basically saying, he knows what I'm up to, so whatever he does to me, I fully deserve it. When God judged this society, please notice my hands. He didn't say, Jonah, make sure to tell the three people in there who don't do it. The old guy and the blind guy and the old lady who's weaving thread and doesn't have anything to do. Make sure to tell them that I said, I'm not going to touch them. No, he sent Jonah to say that God's going to burn it down. And when they heard that the entire nation went into repentance. So to people who think that the estimation of sin is based on this brand new ideology of individual specialness, you couldn't be more wrong. 
I spent a lot of time in these matters before the Lord today. And it's just simple. If Russia and China come here, sorry, correction, when Russia and China come here, do you really think that the Russians and the Chinese are going to say, well, we just like to know who of you have had dreams that God said nothing was going to hurt you. Just put your hand up. We want to put you guys in a special area. The only distinguishing will be like what happened to Jeremiah when Babylon finally broke through the defenses of Israel and took the nation siege. They captured all the people, stripped their clothes off and said, right, you're about to make the thousand mile journey to where we come from, stock naked. And that means whoever we feel like sleeping with on the way, we're just going to do that. And whoever dies on the way, that's just going to happen. But then they said to Jeremiah, you can go wherever you like. We're not going to hurt you. And so Jeremiah and quite a few people were spared. That's what happens when holistic judgment comes. Judgment comes to the whole, but God knows who in the whole. See, that's when God will remember the two good cupcakes. It's not that the cupcake box is not judged. God will remember those two good cupcakes and he will carefully lift them out of the box and put them wherever he puts the good cupcakes. Some of the good cupcakes are going to go home to Jesus Christ. I have quite a long list of prophecies to get through. They're staggeringly long. There are more than 450 of them, and I've only done 200 and something. God will take some of the good cupcakes home to be with him. And then some of the good cupcakes are going to live in the captured cupcake place, but they're not going to experience the sufferings and the hardships of the bad cupcakes. So the, the more we process these things, then the less we will be tempted to ask why is God judging America? Just spin that on its head. Look at the society around you. Even if you're in a small town where you don't see the rot, I promise you it is there. I promise you that there is a Satanist chapter in your town. I promise you that not every child that goes missing in your town ran away to Hollywood to be great. That child is at the bottom of the lake. That child has been cut up into pieces because of some cult or chapter that exists in your city. There are altars where people's blood is required all across this nation. There is human sacrifice and the eating of human flesh, especially children in this nation. It is everywhere. The word is pervasive. It means has spread to all parts. And so God will judge all parts and no one will be able to say anything to him because as I've often said, you can't fool God about if you are righteous or not. He knows the heart. Today's prophecy is called Adam, my Adam, and we're going to be looking at the heart of God in how he made man. I didn't say woman, man. This prophecy concerns homosexuality and same-sex relationships. And this is one of the few places where God did mention women. I received this prophecy on the 25th of February, 2020. The banner scripture is this. Likewise, the men abandoned natural relations with women and burned with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the penalty due for their error. Romans chapter 1 and verse 27. The other banner scripture is this. If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. 
And this is Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 13. So right there, if you're looking at these scriptures, this is very clear. Part of the trap that has come up in, um, in the modern church and in the world at large is that people always know what the boundaries are. So this is one of the ways that sin comes in. People always know where the boundaries are. I've said that even small children know what is right and what is wrong. And that is because the root of sin is even in small children. But when the boundaries become problematic because you have a rising group that wants to sin, then in order to give a green light on the sin, it is necessary to cast doubt on the boundaries. So if we all know that God says that men and men should not occupy the same bed, they should not have sexual relations with one another, then as long as there is a lust inside men to now sleep with men, they want to sleep with men without the added guilt of feeling castigated for it. So they do not want to be judged for the sin of man with man. And the only way to do that is to now cast doubt on, but who says it's bad? And let's look at the literature. Does it really say that it's bad? Is there another way to interpret this? So to those who have been watching modern society, change the meaning of everything. If you've been wondering how we do not even know how to define what a woman is anymore, the reason for that is this, in order to green light sin, you need to change what sin is. So when you undefine sin, you can then go ahead and sin, and then nobody can say, but you're sinning because you can counter it and say, well, says who? If a man lies with a male as with a woman. So even using the archaic language of the Bible, this passage is clear. If a man has sex with a man or uses the body of a man the same way that he would use it with a woman, which is penetration in the act of sexual intimacy, God says that both males, the receiver and the giver have committed an abomination that they should be put to death for. But the sentence is not over. It says, their blood is upon them. I've, oft, uh, I've used this phrase a lot, but I usually say, if you commit sin and you do not repent of the sin properly, your sin will be upon you. That means that it is not removed. But in this case, God says that if a man lies with a man the way a man would lie with a woman, the abomination that they have committed is equal to the penalty of death. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The only difference is now because of the grace that we have received in Christ Jesus, it is not always that the wages which are death are paid instantly when we sin. This is God's mercy. This is God's evident grace towards us. But when it says their blood is upon them, this is very important as I go through this prophecy because it's basically saying that when men are sleeping with men, death is stalking them. And the blood being upon them means that they deserve it. When it says in the Bible, your blood is upon you, it literally means that you're responsible for whatever gets you killed. You're responsible for whatever bones you get broken. Your blood is upon you. That means that 
In the taking of your life, no one else is at fault. The root fault is yours. So I was sitting on the couch about a little after midnight. This is all those years ago in 2020. And I suddenly hear the voice of the Lord say, sodomy is on the rise in the United States. Sodomy, he said. Homosexuality, he said. Buggery. And that got my attention. Because buggery is this really, really old, outdated, archaic word that used to be on the legal books for the act of one man's anus being penetrated by another man's penis. So he said that, and right in front of me, he put a vision of a man holding another man by his hips. One man is in front, the other man is behind. It was not a still picture. They were actually doing what they were doing. And then the Lord said this, homosexuality is a rising tide in this nation, and I will cut them off who practice it. If this practice is not eradicated from among you, to eradicate something means to completely stamp it out, wipe it out, and put a stop to it. I will cut off the head and the tail who practice it. I will cut off the rich and the poor who do it, and I will expose their deeds done in secret. There are government officials doing this act to children and young men selling themselves to wealthy donors to fund a particular type of lifestyle. You want cars and money, so you bend to let a man destroy the temple I have made. I will strike you in the jawbone and erase your name from my book. Many times I have spoken. Turn, turn and sin no more against me. My pulpits judge this evil. True pastors speak my commandments. Turn and sin no more. Yet you continue to sin, continue to mock, and continue to practice this wickedness. So the Lord is saying that homosexuality is rising like the sea rises when, I guess, it's monsoon season. This is where all the water bodies rise, and they begin to flood their banks. So... Homosexuality, the Lord is comparing it to a river or a water body that is out of its course. To be out of your course means the river is snaking this way and snaking this way, and the water is supposed to stay within the banks. But then the water begins to rise up, maybe because of too much rain or because of some factor that causes the water to come up and begin to flood. And flooding is not anything that people want or need in society. And God says that as this, as this tide is rising, he's going to cut off those who are doing it. So um, it is unfortunate, but to, to people, most of the people who are watching this, if you're older and you've retired and you don't perhaps have a child who is snared in this lifestyle and you just spend most of your time reading the Bible, which is fine, and you just, you know, maybe watch a little bit of news and you just really don't know what's going on in the world. Um, there are things going on in the world that I personally wish that I did not know. I personally wish that I did not read them. I personally wish that I did not find out about them. There are people having orgies. This is something that you would think 
happened, I don't know, in the, in the dark ages, in the middle ages, you know, those paintings that are always so questionable with 10,000 naked people. And you're trying to figure out what exactly was happening at this event. Is this the product of the painter's mind or was he painting a live scene? But people are having orgies to celebrate their birthday. This is something that is actually trending. It was a news report recently that one of the men who got the pox, um, the pox of the primates, let's call it that way, um, he, he went to what he called somebody's birthday orgy and he had sexual contact with 15 men at that one event. One, one event, this is one moment in time, one male had that, and then, shocking, turned up with this disease. So this is the kind of thing that is happening, and perhaps you're in a smaller town, or maybe you're not in a smaller town, maybe you're in Dallas, for all I know, and you may not know that things like this are happening, and God is saying that he will cut off people who are doing this to this extreme, but he is going to cut off even the ones, as I go forward, God will speak about even the older people who have been in this lifestyle. So they were in this lifestyle before it was sanctioned, before it was legal. They were in this lifestyle and they've been happily committed, the two of them, in a monogamous gay relationship. God says he's still going to cut them off head and tail. This means rich and poor. This means the government people who are doing it and the teen boys who are letting them do it because it gives so much money. It gives so much access. It gives you that secret, that secret cell phone number that you can show off to your other friends and say, look, if I text him, he's going to say this. If I text him and tell him, oh, my phone broke, he's going to buy me a new phone. If I text him and say, I need to get home, he's going to get me an Uber. So there are children out there willingly doing it. And then there are government officials who are doing this act to children. God says he's going to expose these deeds. I have to let you know, Master's Voice, God is constantly these days telling me that the sex tapes of people are going to come out. And when they come out, some people are going to need a pacemaker with the shock of who will be in those videos. He is constantly telling me, Celestial, I am going to expose those tapes. Those tapes are going to go live and the population is going to know who their golden boy really is and what their golden girl really does. And so God says that young men who are selling themselves to wealthy donors because they want a particular lifestyle funded and high ranking people in powerful places who are raping and sodomizing children. I've already made Two videos in this vein. One of these videos is called the sodomy ritual part two. That was talking about the heinous abuse, um, the satanic rituals of sodomy that are done to young men and what happens to those young men. It also happens to very small children. I said that I saw little children being sodomized in a group orgy by men. And some of the, the boys who were like 10, 11, 12, they had kind of gotten used to the abuse, not that it wasn't hurting them, but they were like trying to tough it out. But I said that the smaller children were definitely, definitely crying. So these things are going on and God is saying that he's going to cut it off. And then he has a particular word for people who are letting money and material benefits take them into this life. You want cars and you want money 
So you bend to let a man destroy the temple I have made. Remember that I just spoke of the scripture that says that male with male, the Lord says is deserving of death. That death can come in so many ways. It can come in disease. It can come the way that the Lord has been showing me with trance that it will get people killed. You go out there and you catfish a man in the dark and that man finds out that you are a male during the sexual act, after the sexual act. I'm not a man, but I have the wisdom of God in me and I know the rage and the anger that can come upon men. I know the place that it can take them to. And so if these people harm you and take your life, as the scripture is saying, your blood is upon you. The violence against this community is not coming from nowhere. You can watch the video and say, oh, you know, she's condoning violence. It's just because you probably have a serious problem listening and processing information. So people always hear what they want to hear in these videos, and I can't be held responsible for that. God says, I will strike you in the jawbone. God is, God is not necessarily the one who is going to be punching you in your face, breaking your nose, breaking your bones after he, because God doesn't go to bars and pick up what looks like women. But this part where he says, I will erase your name from my book. No, that's definitely all him because none of us have access to the book of life. The only access that we have to the book of life as human beings is to decide if we will live righteously and the Lord will put our name in there. If we will believe upon the son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and our name will be added to that book. And then we begin to live like fools. Then we begin to live like the devil. And that is what gets your name erased from the book of life. There are always spiritual consequences to natural actions. And people need to understand this. God says that he has been speaking to people in this lifestyle to turn. But instead, they are mocking him. And they continue to practice and increase in this wickedness. And a lot of the reason for the increase of this wickedness is because there is applause for it. People are putting their little sons in tutus and then people are clapping and saying it's so brave many words have lost their meaning now in modern society brave is one of them violence is another one of them you speak and then people like you know she her, her speech is violent and you're thinking really did it grab you by the throat and drag you across the, f the floor because violence has always meant a certain thing now brave means something else. And now hero, everyone is a hero. Anything is heroic, especially in American society. God is warning people. He is warning people. And yet people, he says they mock and they keep practicing the wickedness. And when the true pastors are trying to speak God's word, turn and sin no more. These people are silenced. Pastors are getting canceled for preaching against homosexuality. And I will just speak on this because there are people, Church of Jesus Christ, primarily these videos are to you. They are primarily to warn the church first, to wake up the church first. And then everybody else who finds and wishes to listen and be warned and understand that God is not playing games, then you are welcome. Pastors are being silenced because the hearts of the church hates the true word of God. The hearts of people who call themselves Christians actually are not in alignment with God's word. Their hearts are in alignment with Romans chapter one and verse 32. 
that there are those who practice unrighteousness, and then there are those who know that those who practice unrighteousness are deserving of death, however God would mete out that judgment. But it says that they not only do those things themselves, but they approve of those who do it. Approval, going viral, trending are very important factors in how popular homosexuality has become, how much more accepted it has become. But in order to accept this in society, something has to give. And what is giving is the word of God. What is being dismantled, what is being torn down is what God said, things that I read in the beginning of the video, that if a man lie with a man as he lays with a woman, it is an abomination for which both the giver and the receiver are guilty. And God says that they shall lose their lives and their blood will be upon them. In the day of my judgment, I will judge them very harshly and there will be no room for mercy or forgiveness. I will stem that tide in blood, in premature death, in solemn and devastating diseases that your doctors can't fix. And we're seeing that now. I will bring this evil to a close, which is practiced in the open and in secret, even among my own people. This is even in the church, homosexuality is present. Even in the church, homosexuality is practiced. It is practiced among the pastors. It is practiced in the choir. It is practiced among the elders of the board. And they are more and more passing on spiritually this filth to the congregation. So it's not even necessarily that the pastor may ever touch a man in the congregation because that spirit is like a very oily sheath on the head. That spirit has a right to rule over the people in the church. So when a lady in the church begins to struggle with same sex feelings, it may not even be because that root is in her. It may be a direct result of the environment that she or he who is starting to struggle with these feelings for the first time is exposed to. And God has been telling me that people who have never had a gay thought in their life, they have been happily heterosexual because of the rise of this spirit and because of how he says it will be a ruling principality in the earth in the last days. Why? Because the coming Antichrist, the coming end of days ruler, is one whom the Bible says he shall not regard the desire of women. Meaning that this is going to be a man who does not care for females at all. God says, I will bring this evil to a close, which is practiced in the open and in secret and among my own people. I gave you women to delight your hearts. I gave you maidens to turn into wives, women to take care of your desires. Their design is perfect for you. Yet you persist in doing this thing that dishonors me. You continue to mock me and say, I made a mistake. And again, in order to let sin become green lighted, you need to cast doubt on the original premise. In order to say that something is actually not bad, you need to go to the root that says it is bad and question the root. And this is what Satan did to take Adam and Eve out of their headship. 
He knew he couldn't come and tell them God does not exist. These people are walking with God in the cool of the garden every evening. Adam was walking with his father, and then Adam and his wife are sharing fellowship with God when Adam gets a bride. He can't come and tell them God is not real. He can't come and attack through saying, let's be atheists, there is no God. So he begins to attack the character of God. He begins to attack God's intention in a thing. And this is what God is defending in this prophecy by saying, I made the woman to delight you. And the woman indeed delights the man because when Adam's wife was brought to him, Adam became downright poetic. Flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Yet he was asleep and he had no idea of knowing where this person came from. But on a basic spiritual level, when he saw her, he knew this is for me. If you go back and look in Genesis chapter two, you will see how God did it. God had Adam. He was working in the garden and then God gave Adam a task. Name these animals. And so Adam is there naming male animal, female animal, male lion, female lion, male llama, female llama, male grasshopper, female grasshopper. And it says, but there was found no helper suitable for Adam. Who found that there was no helper suitable for Adam? Because there's only two people here in the story. God had already said in an earlier verse, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. But then the next verse didn't say, and then God made Eve from the dust of the ground. The next verse then says that God then begins an exercise what is this exercise? This exercise is the exercise of a loving father watching the maturity of a son that he loves. God loved Adam very much. All we can say about Adam is the mistake he made, the mistake he made. That's just such, such simplistic ways of looking at the depth of scripture. Man is the pinnacle creation of God. And when I say man, I'm talking about men. That's what God made first. Women, you're made of meat. We come out of the meat of men. Men were the one. It was a man who was lovingly shaped from the clay. It was men who God gave the kiss of life. God never kissed a goat. God never put his lips to the lips of, of a camel. Man is the only creation that the father deigned to breathe into directly. That is love because the breath is life. The pneuma, the spirit of God in chapter one, when he was done preparing the whole thing, sun, moon, stars, animals, I'll make it pretty for my child. He then says, let us make man in our own image. And then it says male and female, he created them. But when you see how Moses opens the story in chapter two, you see Eve coming much later at the end of the chapter. The one who was made in the cool of the garden that the Bible says the morning stars were looking on. They were looking on as God was creating this new and strange thing that had no fur, no claws, no nothing. Pinnacle creation. The glory of God is man. And now, because we are here as females, mankind, God has purpose. But America is create, creating this divergent storyline that God makes mistakes, that God 
takes little boys and puts little female souls in them. He makes little girls and then tells them, the thing I want to see most is you in bed with another woman. That is how you please me as your creator. Because the person who makes forks, what the person who created forks really wants is to see a fork in the eye of another person. Because that's what forks are for. Except that we know that that is not what forks are for. Forks serve a purpose. And if something as small and inconsequential as a fork serves a purpose, then what is the purpose of the whole female, of the whole male? Is it not for them to come together in unity? Because they are the house. They are the unit from which other males and other females descend. But America, who is God, God 2.0, has now created this narrative that has gone viral around the world. That God didn't know what he was doing, but thank God, thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, they're here to correct all the anomalies that come from heaven. You know, to to add in the extra genders that are missing. People don't understand what an affront this is to God, what an insult this is to the one who made it all, who created all things in perfection, leaving nothing out and sealed his work with the words. And God saw that it was good. But now little mice are eating at the structure and the, wood at, and the woodwork. Is it good for a man to be with a woman? Is it possible that a man can be with other things? And I haven't even reached to those prophecies. I haven't even prepared myself to come to deal with the prophecies of explaining to the world that God is showing me men with cows. Men with sheep and goats, the return of bestiality, yet to be published on the master's voice, just because I do not yet have the time. Is God's decision, is God's design good, or is it not good? I saw a very bloody sea. The topmost waves of the sea was bloody, all the water wasn't bloody, but just the highest bit where the water actually makes that curving wave, like when you see people go surfing. It was bloody and churning and very red. And the Lord was saying that that pinnacle point is man. Man the males. God's pinnacle creation. For a man ought not to cover his head, for he is the image and the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen, And God says that that bloody part is the overflow of sin. This sin of homosexuality among men. In America especially and also around the world. He said that this sin is a fundamental evil against the beauty of his design and humanity. He said that women who practice lesbianism will also be judged, but men who sleep with other men. For isn't that the term? It's amazing how hadn't even heard this term that is gaining traction in the media now. Men who sleep with other men because they don't want to use the word homosexual, sodomite, or gay. 
So they create a euphemism for it. But here the Lord says, men who sleep with other men, whether in their natural form as males, so they're openly gay males, or they're hidden gay males, download gay males, or he said, even if you sleep with another man in an altered form as a transgender, or by any other label, men who do this will be judged the harshest. They will receive twice the harshness of this coming judgment, because God says man is his pinnacle creation. Pinnacle means the highest point. Pinnacle means the apex. Pinnacle means there's nothing higher. Man is the reflected glory of God. Man is the best thing God made on earth. He says, behold, I will strike you down in your prime, in your youth. I will terrify you in your old age. This means whether you're 14 years old and your parents are helpfully transgendering you, God is not going to hold back the sword of judgment from you. Your parents will just have to grieve and bury you, and that is just what he said later on in the prophecy. So don't think it's Celestial's mouth speaking, speaking death on the people. No, it is the Lord that will take that young person's life, and then the parents will have plenty of time to reflect on the wisdom of their choices if they even have a clue of what they have done to that young person's life. It's not everything that your child wants that you give, especially when it comes to matters of physiology, matters of basic genetics. What do children know of these things? And are they not the proven easiest group of people that can be swayed by any wind of doctrine? Your child watches a lot of TikTok. The next thing you know, they're, they're, they're Zay, they're Z, Zay, Zoo. And then you're just like, you know, honey, anything, any, whatever you feel, we're here for you. I will terrify you in your old age. So this is the old gaze. You've been doing this for a long time. You've managed to pass through quite a number of people. Maybe you find your partner and settled into it. God says that suddenly and without warning, you will fall. There is always room to repent. There is always room to repent. And I will say this so that the church can know. There is a type of person. It doesn't matter what the sin is. There is a type of person that is unrepentant. You will know that person is unrepentant because they will claim that they stopped sinning the sin. But whenever they talk about the sin and they give a so-called testimony about the sin, in the testimony, you hear a streak of pride. Oh, I used to do this. You know, I used to really line up those men and do this and that. Church of Jesus Christ, this is how you know that you're actually talking to a con artist. A con artist, there are many con artists hiding in the church of Jesus Christ, and they are so attracted to this channel. They come here all the time, and they think they're testifying, but I can see the streak in the testimony, and that is why it is just not my policy to reply. It is very rare that I will answer, because God is always showing me the man behind the mask, the woman behind the mask. There is a type of person who will talk about their sin, and you can see that the taste of the sin is still in their mouth, and if it wasn't for the fear of hell, they would go right back to it. Suddenly and without warning, you will fall. Young and old who do this deed, you dishonor me. You mock me and you bring bitterness to my heart, Adam. My Adam, my men. You make me lament and curse the day of your creation. Have I not said that it is an abomination for a male to lie with another male as with a woman? Have I not given you enough to enjoy have I not done enough? When I strike you, your doctor will not know what to do. I will strike you, and you will get sick, and you will not recover. I will strike you, 
and your family will lose you. Because I said to you, return to me, but you would not. Therefore, I will tear you down from your place at the crown of my creation where I placed you, my beloved. Hear how this person's heart is broken. I did not make men. I'm not going to be as a woman out there calling a bunch of men, my beloved. The creator is calling men, men, Adam, my beloved. And this is the mistake that we make in Christianity today. We think that because God loves us, we are above his discipline. We are above his judgment. We think that because this reckless love has permeated the church, that God wouldn't touch what he loves. But please listen to the sentence, Adam, man, my beloved, you will enter darkness from which there is no escape. Torment of your mind, madness, torment of your flesh, sickness. And if you continue in this evil, certain death. And so to the nation that boasts the city, that created the other 30 genders to add on to the two ones that God made, even though we can see by the empirical evidence from our eyes when we're walking around that there are only two shapes, shapes like mine and shapes like man. Yet, new realities have been created. There is only male and female. There is only male and female. It doesn't matter how much we try to remake the reality, change the narrative, switch it up a little bit. Male and female, he created them. Genesis chapter 1. And then Genesis chapter 2 and 24. Therefore, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. His wife, singular to the perverts who keep coming here and talking about in the, in the apocalypse, will the Lord want us to impregnate more women and spread our seed? God forbid. Speaking on behalf of the women, we're good. We're just, we're just fine. The man was made for better things. And if men keep singing, sinning, the families that are out there trying to prove that they're more loving than God with the support, we support you, we love you, Connor, do anything. God says that when he strikes a blow against people who continue, this is the transgenders now, to mutilate their body in an attempt at femininity, or how the entire support group around people refuse to tell them the truth when they begin to get off the path, dressing a certain way, Doing it for money, God says. Because a wealthy man has money and he can afford to give you a certain lifestyle so you become a sugar baby to a man and you yourself as a man, are a man. You're dressing like a transgender because it's, it's influential Nigeria. It's influential West Africa. So you're, you're making Instagram and YouTube lives as a man. A man dressed in a dress and lipstick and a wig because, you know... It's giving you fame and popularity. You are playing with your soul. You are also playing with a very powerful spirit. I always talk about the violence and the wickedness of the spirits that, that are in charge of sexual immorality. You look at people who are addicted and you, you look at the way the human being becomes so weak and so frail 
And you cannot think that it's just some dust and powder that has that person. The dust and the powder are just the key that keeps the doorway open for those demons to decimate the true treasure inside. This body is not the true treasure. The true treasure is the soul and the spirit within. So the drugs are the gateway, the marijuana, the crack, the fentanyl, the prescribed drugs that people, people can't live without. Those are just the key to keep the door open. So you look at the way the spirits in charge of drug addiction and, and masturbation and things like that are so addictive. And then you move into the realm of sexual immorality where God says, I think it's first Corinthians six and 18, where it says flee. This means sprint and run away from sexual immorality because every other sin that a man commits he commits murder. It's not against his body. It's someone else's body. He commits perjury. It's not against him. He's destroying someone else's life. Corruption, bribery, greed, envy, hatred. It doesn't matter. The Bible says it's outside the body. Sexual immorality is violence against the self. Complicit activity with demons and devils. And the further we get away from the baseline, so it's fornication and then it's also adultery, man with man, but then you're fornicating and you fornicate with a man, you go from here all the way to here, right off, right off camera. That's how far you're getting away from the benchmark. The Bible says, flee those things. There's a reason because the spirits that are in charge of these things will destroy the house, which is the body the sicknesses that you will suffer from, the deterioration of your backside, and things like that, the infections you will get. That's just the attacks on the house. These things cannot be normalized by society. They cannot be normalized by any government. Government in Holland, government in Germany, government in France, government in the United States, it does not matter. You cannot normalize sin. You don't have that power. All that the government will do is provide a platform of deception for people to then make the choice to destroy themselves, complicit with demons. And when the punishment for those things comes full circle, then the Lord says, your blood is upon you. Some man pounding you into an unrecognizable pulp in a rage because he's not gay. He's just, he's just promiscuous, but not gay. And then gets catfished into one of these situations. We have laws. He will be judged. It's just that his judgment won't bring you back if you pass away in that situation. Repent, says the Lord. Return to me and I will heal your backsliding. Hosea 14 and verse 4. This is celestial with the master's voice. I will continue these prophecies. There are distressingly many of them. And all I will say is this. When I was in the abortion series, I saw that the women were touched by the word of God. I saw that they were hurt. I saw that they were cut. Some of them with the memories of what they did. And I saw that they repented. I saw even men repenting because they didn't speak up 
when these things were done, maybe when they were younger, or even when they were married, and they didn't have the power to stop a wife. When I was in the fornication series, I saw people saying, I've got to stop this. I've got to stop masturbating. I saw people saying, I'm convicted. But now I've come to the homosexual series, and I'm seeing mixed, mixed responses. And that's because when it comes to homosexuality, I don't see the government out there championing fornication. The government's all for fornication, a bunch of fornicators themselves. The difference is that we're in an age where sexual culture is so free that everybody, you're free to choose your partner. If you weren't free to choose your partner, Tinder wouldn't exist. Tinder is a place where you can shop for uh, sexual organs and sexual experiences the way people get on Amazon and shop for a hairdryer when the one that they have blows out. So there's, there's not much of a conversation around things that are, I'll just call them long established, you know, flag waving sins. But then there are some sins that people are being deceived into supporting because they've become politicized sins. And whenever sin gets politicized, then even people in the church get confused and think, oh, I'm, I'm required to pick a side. I'm supposed to pick a side, red side, blue side. There is only one side, the Lord's side. The Lord's word, the Lord's righteousness. If you get deceived by any institution, if you get deceived in any way to support any side except God's side, you will end up in the judgment of Romans chapter 1 verse 32, not because you yourself are gay, but because you fall under that second heading, the second part of the clause that says, you approve of those who do this. There are no two sides. It just looks that way because the devil likes to stir the pot because Satan is so old and Satan is so smart that he knows that as long as he stirs the pot, he can always get a few extra pickings. Every time he stirs the pot with another situation, with another hot flash topic. Satan knows that people will be deceived and think, oh, this is a matter of choosing sides. Let me pick my side. Let me put my little pride flag on my Facebook because I'm not gay, but it's June and I just want them to know, you know, go gay people. Now that we've come to the homosexual series, that's what I'm starting to see pushback. Oh, you're not soft and you're not compassionate. Yes, of course, because when I was talking about fornication and adultery, I was doing it with little hearts and flowers in the video. So that's why softness is required for this one. I will handle nothing on the master's voice with kid gloves. It's going to come out the way it was given to me. God doesn't come to me with hearts and flowers with these things. He is rightfully angry. I've even shared in some videos, actually very scary. So when I'm reading these things, it's 0% feelings, 100%. What does the word of God say? And to let every person who watches these videos know that these videos are just the beginning. I'm sitting here. I don't have any power to carry out a single word that I have spoken. So to the thinking person, this means that there must be a part two. And the part two is this. After God warns, people must choose. After we choose, then comes God's righteous, no mistakes made, no errors judgment. 
None of us can convince God that we are not guilty of a thing he says we are guilty of. And none of us will be unrighteously judged for a thing that we are not guilty of. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. Thank you for being with me. If you want to know anything about this ministry, all you have to do is look in the drop-down menu. If you read the drop-down menu, all information about the ministry is there, and I'm sure you'll be able to find enough to navigate with from there. God bless you, and until I see you again, goodbye.